بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Respected lovers of Sahaba رضي الله عنهم We were in the discussion of the beautiful life of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas رضي الله عنه That Sahabi who was with Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم from the initial stages Then we came to a point where we discussed a little bit of the battle of Qadisiyah But because this is such a central event in our Islamic history, when this was taking place, it was like the whole world was on a standstill waiting for the results of this battle and expedition. It was the Muslims that were strong with the help of Allah Ta'ala against the superpower of the world at that time. Just to recap, because this is such an important event, Muthanna ibn Haritha al-Shaybani radiyallahu anhu who had taken Islam into Persia through the blessings of Rasulullah sallallahu and during the reign of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu on occasions Abu Bakr radiyallahu would hear the Kaab Guzaris the reports of the efforts of Muthanna radiyallahu and his men and Abu Bakr radiyallahu would become so happy by that and afterwards Abu Bakr radiyallahu sent Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu to strengthen the efforts of Muthanna radiyallahu in Persia and really this did shake the Persians and we did discuss some of these events pre- previously when we were in the discussion of Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Then a time came where Muthanna radiallahu anhu was appointed second to the leader. Meaning Umar radiallahu anhu changed the leader. And he appointed Abu Ubaid as Amir. And Muthanna radiallahu anhu complied. This shows the heroism, the true Heroic, heroic qualities of Sahaba that they gave in to their Amir that Khalifa Amir al-Mu'mineen decides and he completely submitted and surrendered and during that battle it was known as the battle of the Jisr the bridge where Muslims were tricked and many of them lost their lives and bravely Muthanna defended his men after Abu Ubaid had become Shaheed, Abu Ubaid radiallahu anhu. After that expedition, Muthanna radiallahu anhu fell severely ill and at that time, the entire Persia were now rallying all their forces against the Muslims. And Umar radiallahu anhu was alarmed by this. So he now was prepared himself. He was departing from Medina Munawwara on this expedition. And then, the senior Sahaba radiallahu stopped him. There's different views of exactly what happened here. And then opinions were taken again that Umar radiallahu was requested, please you stay behind in Medina Munawwara. And he refused. He said, I will take on this expedition because it is too important. And said, Abdurrahman bin Awf radiallahu gave the opinion of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu. And Umar radiallahu says, yes, if there's anyone who can go in my place, it can be Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas because he is the lion of Allah. He is a lion with his claws. Al-Asadu fi barathinihi. So we see how Umar radiallahu accepted Sa'ad radiallahu to replace himself. This was the reliance that Umar radiallahu had on Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Sa'ad radiallahu departed. But look at Muthanna bin Harith al-Shaybani radiallahu anhu. What a man of Allah. He gave everything for Allah. And on his deathbed, what advisors he gave. He gave guidelines guiding Sa'ad radiallahu anhu 
giving teachings on how should the work take place in Persia. Imagine the sacrifice of Muthanna wherein he, his will was, his request was, that after his wife is out of her iddah, Sa'ad should marry her. Imagine what love he has for his wife, but look at his love for Deen, that his wife learned everything with him through his sacrifices. And now the senior Sahabi would be continuing from the efforts of Muthanna in these foreign lands. So he wants his wife to marry Sa'ad because then she'll be able to share the experiences of Muthanna with Sa'ad and that would be able to encourage him more and guide him in very, very difficult circumstances. This is the sacrifice of Sahaba that deen is priority and everything else is secondary. Okay, we did discuss Umar instructing Sa'ad to continuously send reports, letters of the whereabouts of the Muslims, the description of the lands, and this happened repeatedly as the instruction of Umar and Umar continued, send, continued sending advisors for Sa'ad and his men on different occasions. Amazing, marvelous advisors saying, make sure we stay away from sin. The men should stay away from guna because Allah's help comes when we abstain from sin. Allah's help comes through amal. If we lose the help of Allah, it is numbers with numbers. And where can our numbers compare to theirs? And look at Allah's help with the people of Iman. Umar instructed them to base themselves at a place called Qadisiyah. This is near the desert of Arabia. So that there is defense also. There is the fortress of the Arab, which is Arabia, something which he is accustomed to. And we are not so much into the Persian lands where they are in their comfort zone. So Sa'ad made effort to get them out of their comfort zone. And then also just to recap how Sa'ad camped at a certain point and he sent Jamaats of Sahaba for Tabliq and for Dawat. He sent 14 Sahaba to encourage Yes Dajird to change his life and connect to Allah and repent and turn to Allah and how people would be guided through him. And obviously Yes Dajird was very, very upset. Then Umar, then Sa'ad sent Sahaba to give Dawat to Rustam. And on different occasions, he sent Rabi'i bin Amir Then he sent Hudayfa bin Mihsan Then he sent Mughira bin Shu'bah radiallahu anhum. These three Sahaba radiallahu anhum took amazing strategies in inviting Rustam to Allah. Rustam was, um, was amazed by the Dawat of Rabi'i bin Amir radiallahu anhum, who comes into the court of Rustam with his simple dress, beautiful, simple, beautiful garb of Sunnah. How beautiful is Sunnah? How beautiful is Sunnah? The Sunnah of Rasulullah is for all occasions, whether, whether it is one has to attend a nikah, or one has to attend the janazah, or one has to attend some business transaction, or one has to go to the masjid. The Sunnah of Rasulullah is so perfect for every occasion, stress-free. A person must be clean and must be on Sunnah with, with a beautiful scent, all this encompasses the Sunnah. And the sunnah encompasses this. How beautiful is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Akmal hai, atam hai, ajmal hai, ahsan hai. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam sunnah is most perfect, most complete, most beautiful, excellent, 
is the sunnah of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it is what Allah loves most. The sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is what Allah loves most. Allah says in Quran, قُلْ Tell them on the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ If you claim you love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي So follow me, emulate me, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah will forgive you. Allah will love you and forgive you your shortcomings and sins. Rabi'i radiallahu anhu arrives in the court of Rustam with all his pomp and glory. This was the most advanced, the most advanced country and empire of the world. And look at their pomp and glory and this is what they pined for. But the Sahabi takes no effect because his gaze is on Allah. He's not affected by their dunya. He's not affected by their know-how. He's not affected by their degree. He's not affected by their wealth. He takes effect from Allah. And that's what affects humanity. When he stands in front of Rustam. This is the most powerful commander in the world at that time, as far as worldly standing is concerned. And Rustam asks him, what brings you people here? Rabbi radiallahu says, we haven't come. We haven't come. Ma jina ilaykum. Allah has sent us to you. Allahu ibta'athana ilaykum. Allah has sent us to you. Linukhrija al-ibad. Other wordings, لِنُخْرِجَ مَنْ شَاءَ مِنْ عِبَادَةِ الْعِبَادِ إِلَىٰ عِبَادَةِ رَبِّ الْعِبَادِ To take mankind, to take creation out of the servitude of makhluq, to connect them to the servitude of Allah, to take them out of the injustice of every other creed and way and practice, to the justice and the perfect practice of Islam. Allah sent us to take mankind out of the constraintedness, their constrainted tight, depressing path to put them into the peaceful, loving, blissful path of Islam and of deen. فَأَرْسَلَنَا بِدِينِهِ إِلَىٰ خَلْقِهِ لِنَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَيْهِ Allah sent us with His deen to His creation to give them da'wah to Him. Rib'i radiallahu anhu highlights the work of every believer. Muhammad has returned to Allah. This is a Sahabi of Rasulullah explaining to the Ummah al Qiyamah that when you are from the Ummah of Muhammad, Dawat to call to Allah, to invite to Allah is your job. To invite every Muslim to Allah, to invite every non Muslim to Allah. This is the duty of the Ummah of Rasulullah. I implore you, my respected listeners. Start with those who are associated with you, one's friends, one's colleagues, one's associates, one's neighbors, one's teachers, one's employers, one's employees, one's students. Make the appeal, request, invite, explain how beautiful Allah is, explain the oneness of Allah, explain to humanity. Just today Allah gave us tawfiq with some revered brothers, alhamdulillah, we went to visit one home, someone was sick. And the, the, the residents of this home were Hindu. And we sat with them, explaining to them. Let's see, we all have to die. Today we worry what people are going to say if we follow the truth. Do we ever worry what is the Almighty going to say? Because when we leave this world, we're going to stand before Him alone. And really, just the simple words, they want to listen. 
They want to, then I opened the translation of the Quran. I read the incident of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam in Surah Anbiya. How beautiful to read. And the, the, the story of uh, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam with Qarun. How humanity is waiting for this message. This message is for them. This message is for humanity. If we don't give them this da'wat, really we are, we, are, we are being unjust to them. We are curtailing their rights. We are falling short in our the fulfillment of our responsibility. And as Hazrat Mawlana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahmatullah explained so beautifully, that this is their haqq and if we don't give it to them, then definitely our residence in the different countries of the world will not be welcome. Why? When we have fallen short towards our duty. Mawlana Rahimahullah explained so beautifully. Show humanity. Because see Sahaba radiallahu anhu, how they spread the beautiful deen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa message from the beginning, inviting to Allah. But analyze the first 13 years of his effort of Iman and the verses of Quran that were revealed on those occasions of Makkah Mukarramah. Then the second 10 years in Medina Munawwara, 23 years. But analyze the first 7 years of the, that Medinan stage. Still, the amount of Muslims, men would have been approximately 3,000. Okay, women folk and children would have been a couple of more thousand than that. But analyze the men folk. Then seventh year Hijri, there was ceasefire. There was a truce where there was peace between Medina Munawwara and the Meccans. The people of Makkah could not now attack the, the Muslims. And now there was interaction. There was association. So 13 years of Makkah, 7 years of Medina, approximately 3,000 Muslim men. And analyze few years from now on, seventh year to the, to the tenth year, in this short span of time, Islam spread in these three years more than it spread in the first 19 years, 19, 20 years. How? Because now they interacted with the Muslims. We interact with these people. We associate with them. We deal with them. Did we imprint our beautiful deen on them? Were they impressed with our character, our akhlaq, and did we put forth the message? Sahaba radiallahu anhum took every opportunity to portray, yes, we do not force, but we are inviters. We are the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and we are the ummah of invitation. We invite, because there's no Nabi to come. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the final Nabi of Allah. Rabi'i bin Amir radiallahu anhu highlights this. When he had left the court of Rustam, Rustam was shocked. Those around him said, look at this man's dressing. Rustam said, why don't you analyze his speech, what he said, think. The second day when Rustam requested the same Sahabi, because he was so influenced and affected by Rabi'i radiallahu anhu, Sa'ad radiallahu anhu sent Hudayfa radiallahu anhu. Hudayfa radiallahu anhu comes before Rustam. Why have you come? Where's your friend? So Hudayfa radiallahu anhu explains that our Amir chooses who should come. And he sends us on different occasions and tasks of deen and we obey our Amir whether we like it or not. And what Dawud did Hudayfa radiallahu anhu give? Hudayfa bin Mihsan radiallahu anhu. He gave the same Dawud Rib'i radiallahu anhu gave that we haven't come. Allah has sent us to take mankind out of servitude of creation, out of taking effect from makhluq. 
to be affected by Allah and take effect from Khaliq and love Khaliq, connect creation to the Khaliq, to the creator of the universe. That one Allah is doing and giving and taking and providing and loving. He is merciful, kind, compassionate. Everything belongs to him. Everything comes from him. Everything returns to him. Everything is for him. And nothing, nothing can belong to anybody else besides Allah. He does everything and anything without the help of creation. Creation can do nothing without the help of one Allah. Hudayfa gave the same dawat of Rib'i On the third day, Sa'ad sends Mughira bin Shu'ba He comes into the court of Rustam. And he, he approaches this ruler, this commander, and he sits right next to him. And all the servants of Rustam and his soldiers pounce on Mughira to pull him away. So Mughira said, that why didn't you tell me before that you are a people who worship creation? By us, all makhluq are equal. All of us are equal. One Allah is in control. Why didn't you all tell me that you all enslave each other? So his tactic was to show the slaves and the people who were looked down upon by the Persians. And they were just taken along for medial work and they were disgraced and belittled. He wanted to show them and impress upon them that Islam teaches character and respect for one and all despite the caste one comes from or the creed one comes from or the color of one or his language or nationality or race. All is equal in Islam and Muhammad sallallahu nubuwa transcends all bounds of color, race, nationality, country, language. Mughira radiallahu practically proved this. And then they asked, how much time do you give us? Because Rustam was so affected by this. He wanted to postpone because Allah had put fear in their hearts despite his number. Rabi'i radiallahu and Hudayfa all said, we can give you only three days to think. So he said, how can you just choose that? Are you the Amir? He said, no, this is the Sunnah of our Rasul that we give you three days to think. So in the discussion of Rustam with Mughira radiallahu anhu, at the end, the masses would now say, Sadaqawallahi al-Arabi. Definitely the Muslim was, has spoken the truth. And the senior citizens of the Persians would say, that this man, لَقَدْ رَمَى بِكَلَامٍ لَا تَزَالُ عَبِيدُنَا تَنْزِعُ إِلَيْهِ He put such statements amongst us that our lower class people are all affected by him. And then Rustam spoke again after that, trying to uplift the condition and the situation of the Persians and disgrace the, the Arabs and the Muslims. When he said this also, Mughira radiallahu anhu responded to Rustam saying, that yes, you say our condition is difficult and we are disunited. So he said that that was our condition in the past. Allah has now united us through Islam. And Allah has brought good conditions for us. And our reason for coming here is not wealth. Our reason for coming here is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you all had to make shukr to Allah, appreciate Allah for your bounties, for the bounties of Allah that he has given you, your appreciation would be little because Allah gave you so much. But your ingratitude has taken you to this condition. So Allah has sent a Nabi and we should follow him. So we give you this choice. Embrace Islam. 
after the three Sahaba had returned, Rustam sat with his men again and said, what do you all think? They were really affected by the dawat of the three Sahaba and they said, look at, look at them. The message was the same, but using different patterns and methods. By Allah, these are true men. What they say is so true and no one would be able to conquer and defeat them. Then this is the statement of the Persians in regards to the Sahaba Anyway, amongst the Muslims now, the Sahaba, the Tabi'een, Sa'ad gave this khutbah encouraging them. He recited this verse of the Quran where Allah Ta'ala says, after Billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, وَلَقَدْ كَتَبْنَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِتُهَا عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ Where Allah says, we have decreed in the Quran, after it is already enshrined in the Zabur as well, that the lands of Allah will be acquired and inherited by Allah's pious, righteous servants, Salihun. Salihun means those who are righteous and pious. And the other meaning of Salihun are those who will benefit humanity. Those who will be a benefit and a service to humanity, Allah will give them the lands. So Sa'ad radiallahu corrected the intentions of people that we have to be pious and we have to be righteous and we have to serve humanity. And then he instructed the Qurra to recite Surah Al-Anfal to the entire army of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Everyone heard, listened to the recital of Surah Al-Anfal because the verdicts of battle and the etiquettes of battle and the encouragement is mentioned in this chapter. And Allah's special mercies came. Sa'ad radiallahu explained that he would be reciting four takbirs and what should be done after each takbir. He was very, very sick. Imagine Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, the commander of this army, was very, very sick. So he had, a, he was, he had the siyatika and these uh, sores on his entire body. He couldn't even sit on, on the horse. So he had camped himself on a fortress on the battlefield near the side of the Muslims, but obviously it was very, very dangerous. But Sa'ad radiallahu wanted to take that chance because he was viewing the entire battle in front of him. And he appointed Khalid bin Urfutah radiallahu to be his deputy and to take his commands onto the ground and onto the field. So that was what was taking place. Something else interesting is that Rustam had sent some of his men to creep in silently and secretly amongst the Muslims, to reside amongst them for a few days, to return to the Persians with the report of the Muslims' way of residence, how they live, how they sleep, what they do, what they do in the day, what they do in, in, the, in the night. Rustam wanted details of the condition of the Muslims. And he returned and he gave this report of how they day is with mercy unto humanity and their lions, and at night, they are pious, righteous rabbis, meaning they worship Allah Ta'ala at night, crying to Allah. This man had even seen them performing, using miswak before every salah. Allah give us tawfiq to utilize this beautiful sunnah of miswak. Allah's victory comes with sunnah. Anyway, Rustam even asked them, what do the Muslims eat? And he responded. And then he explained in different ways. In that, during that interim, whilst the Persians were camped on their site and the Muslims on theirs, and Rustam heard the Adhan, it was the Adhan of Fajr. The Mu'addin had given the Adhan of Fajr. 
and from a distance he's saying the Muslims just get up so Rustam is calling his men quickly get ready quickly get ready they ask him why so he said see your, your enemy have been called and rallied for you. Now they're all gathering and standing in their rows for you. So his spy who spent some time with the Muslims said, No, this is the call to prayer, the call to salah. And this is how they perform salah. And when Rustam heard this adhan and he saw this entire scene of salah and prayer, he was shocked and he said akala umaru kabidi that certainly umar has devoured my liver meaning i am finished look at the condition of these muslims everything that they have in them is so beautiful so this affected this salah affected him something else very interesting was as the muslims carried on uh, the four days of battle took place each day has its separate name but one of the after this interim after this interim the muaddin had become shaheed and now everyone wants to give the adhan and they vying with one another and sa'ad radiallahu anhu he said that i remember the statement of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that if my ummah knew the value of adhan they would they would vie with one another and they would finally resolve to casting lots to actually have the opportunity to give the adhan because the adhan is so virtuous to give the adhan and to stand in the first saf Allah give us all tawfiq to love the adhan, respect the adhan and give the adhan anyway this battle ensued it was four days of severe battle so severe that each day has it had its own name the first day being Yawmu Armas that was the 13th on the 13th of Sha'ban in the 5th Hijri the second day's name would be Yomu Aghwath, the day of Aghwath. And the third day is Yomu Immas. This is, these are the famous names of these three days. Anyway, the Muslims being few, there was an expectation of reinforcement because Umar anhu instructed the Sahaba in Sham, in Syria, who were fighting the Roman Empire, who were taking Islam into Rome. You all send reinforcements. So a great Sahabi, Qa'qa ibn Amr ibn Tamimi was on his way. And Hashim bin Utba as well. But they were coming in different contingents. Anyway, this was the first day. Sa'ad gave instructions. And he explained what should be done after each takbir. How should, what should be done. For example, after the first takbir, remain calm, remain still and get ready and he guided them what to do after each takbir and then Sa'ad gave advice keep on reciting la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah that oh Allah we can't do only you can do Allah there's no power or strength to accomplish anything or to be protected from any harm except with your power and your help and your assistance and the takbir of the ummah was so powerful that it was it was resounding in the horizon the takbir of the sahaba radiallahu anhum after the third takbir ghalib radiallahu anhu comes forward to challenge to make mubaraza a combat and from the persian side hormuz came ghalib radiallahu, ghalib radiallahu anhu defeated him anyway that first day took place and it was a very very difficult day and when that day Past, it was so difficult that even Khansa, Khansa radiallahu anha called her sons that night 
that night after Yom Armas and she gave them encouragement, she gave them advices. Allah blessed her with four sons and she in, reminded them of why she gave birth to them. That I give birth to you for Allah, to strive for Allah and sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she guided them on what to do on the severe battle in her most eloquent manner because she was known as the most as the best poetess of Hijaz and there was no on many occasions she won the contest of poetry in Jahiliyyah so she advised her children in such an eloquent manner in the Fadailul Amal you can read the entire story of Khansa and all the books of Seerah like Ibbidaya wa Nihaya and Al-Kamil Fit-Tarikh mentioned how she encouraged her children. And then on the second day, which was Yom Aghwath, when her children were striving and going in the battlefield, they were reciting poetry, reminding each other of the advices of their mother. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And imagine all of them gave their lives for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when she gets the news the next day, she turns to Allah in appreciation. Obviously she was missing them but she knows they were given for Allah's pleasure for Allah's sake for Allah's deen for deen to reach the four corners of the world for humanity to get hilayat her four, four children gave sacrifice and she was now honored that I would be called in the day of Qiyamah as the mother of the martyrs when she found it so difficult to tolerate the loss of a loved one when she had lost her two brothers Sakhar and another brother of hers, she was so hurt that for years and years she would mourn. And that actually prompted her most emotional poetry that even Umar anhu was, was, was heartened by. But that was in Jahiliya where she couldn't bear it. Now after Iman and she lost her four children, she says now you have the special help of Allah Ta'ala. Then she lost her brothers, she couldn't bear it. Yes, she's losing her sons and she was so strong. That is what Iman does to a person. What was also deadly on the first day was that the Persians had many elephants, more than 30 elephants, and this was crushing the Muslims. Sa'ad who made mashura and they had actually found a strategy of making the elephant dysfunctional. They, were, they had destroyed the boxes on top of the elephants. So on the second day, the elephants were dysfunctional. Alhamdulillah. And what had happened was, late at night, radiallahu anhu had arrived. So he camped far away from the Muslims, from the Muslim camp. And what he did was, now to strengthen the Muslims, he had come with his thousand men. And he was, he's such a great Sahabi, where Umar radiallahu would say, لا يهزم جيشن فيه القعقاع An army in which قعقاع radiallahu is, can never ever lose. And Umar radiallahu would say, لصوت القعقاع في المعركة يقوم مقام ألف فارس. قعقاع radiallahu's sound and his scream on the battle takes the place of a thousand powerful horsemen. Anyway, how he sent his men in. At the time of Fajr, when everyone is awake, the Persians also had got up early and the Muslims had performed their tahajjud and just performed the fajr and Qaqar whose men arrive but he sent them in in groups of a hundred to make the thousands seem much more than they really are in, instructing each contingent to arouse uh, a lot of dust and soil but not in groups of hundred in groups of ten ten after ten so they seemed so much and as 
arrived. He asked for a combat, Mubaraza. And one man from the Persians come forth. And he was Bahman Jadawi. Anhu, not recognizing his face, asking him, who are you? So he says, I am, I am Bahman Jadawi. So Qaqar knew his name. And he screamed out, Yes, Ya Latharati Abi Ubaid. Oh, you the one who treacherously tricked Abu Ubaid. Now is my chance of revenge. If you can just recall, respected listeners, the battle of Abu Ubaid, عنه, where he crossed the river and the Persians not allowing them to come through, attacking them before they had arrived, despite their numbers being so few. And that was the battle that caused the death of many of the Muslims, and including the Muthanna, عنه, that commander was Bahman Jadawi. That was the only victory that the Persians had received throughout that interim of battlefield, of battle in Persia. So this was that famous commander, so Qaqar who knew him. So in this combat, Alhamdulillah, Qaqar who put an end to him. So it was definitely a blessing for the Muslims to have him. Another bounty on the second day was that elephants were dysfunctional because there was no boxes on top of it. So there was no one to sit on top of the elephant to guide it. And also Qaqar had a strategy where he had veiled the, 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 the camels Obviously not the eyes, but the body of the camel. So it made the camel look huge and different. And this instilled fear in the horses of the Persians. So this had a great impact. Like the elephants affected the horses of the Muslims on the first day. Here now the horses of the Persians were affected. So this was a great uh, boon for the Muslims. Meaning amongst them having Qaqar amongst them as well. The Muslims were still much fewer and they were still waiting after the second day. There were many losses and also the Persians had much more losses. So that night they were waiting other reinforcements from Sham and those reinforcements hadn't arrived yet under Hashim bin Utbah radiallahu anhu. Hashim bin Utbah bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu. This is the nephew of Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu. In that Qaqar had a strategy. He remained the entire night awake, keeping his men vigilant, saying to them that the army are waiting this reinforcement. What we have to do is, they met at the same point outside where they met the first day. Not everyone had recognized them yet because they were still newcomers. And what Qaqar instructed his men is, we would follow the same strategy like the first day. We come in in but in groups of hundred this time one after the other so that the muslims are increased in their morale and strength that our reinforcements have come and the persians would be struck with disbelief and dismay and fear that now muslims are continuously getting reinforcements and in that as qaqar who was sending his men in into the battlefield just before everyone had started, Alhamdulillah Hashim radiallahu had arrived and he understood the strategy. So him and his men followed the same strategy and this had a great impact in raising the morale of the Muslims. But also there was danger this day because the elephants were now functional. So Sa'ad radiallahu made mashura with the new Muslims who were now amongst the Muslims but they were Persians. That how would we now destroy the effect of the elephants because they are deadly very very dangerous and they came to a conclusion that we have to go for the lips the trunks 
of the elephant and the eyes of the elephant and then no one can benefit from them so he sent a message to Qaqa and his brother Asim that how should they go for the elephants, the white elephant and then to Hammal bin Malik and Rabil bin Amr to go for the, for the, for the, for the colored uh, elephant and so forth and so forth and alhamdulillah